thought I would actually freak out students um, if I was Super like showing stressed. up with all my 1L anxiety and trying to oh. <laughs> teach them LSAT courses. It would have yeah. been a disservice. Tell them how great law school is, how easy yeah. this whole thing is. Wait, wasn't your hair black at the beginning of this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why, why is your hair yeah. gray? <laughs> None of this will help you. <laughs> Welcome to What's Law Got to Do With It, a lighthearted look at life in law school. I am Professor Richard Haig. And I'm student Adam Lachance. Hi, Adam. Hel- hi. <laughs> Hello. Today, uh, <laughs> today we're continuing to go backward in a sense. Uh, we have done this occasionally before. We're going to dra- dive deeply into the thing that's known universally by its acronym and has a prominence in law school, at least North American law schools, and that is a prominence that's way, way beyond what it should be. I'm, 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 this is all a hyping, teaser. This hyping. is all a teaser, right? Nobody knows what we're talking about. Maybe we shouldn't even tell them. What is it? What is it we're going to talk about? <laughs> uh, the LSATs? Yeah, I was going to say the Law School Admission Test, L-A-S-T, which what is it? known by I, its acronym, LSAT. LSAT, yeah. Wait, SAT, what is SAT? School admission test? <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's American. We yeah, don't, American? I'm just wondering. LSAT is also American, but for some reason it we captured it. Canadian schools' interests. I don't know when and why. So it's notorious. Yes, it's For notorious. being extremely fun. Um, and that's why we've today brought a guest with us who um, brings fun to the LSAT. <laughs> um, well, for sure, for sure. Well, we hope. Anyway, our, yeah, so you, you've cut into my intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, joining us to help out with this idea of the LSAT is Laura Simon, a second-year law student who knows the ins and outs of the LSAT. Welcome, Laura. Unlike all law students. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I am a second-year student at Osgood. Um, and I have a background in art and now I'm mostly focusing on criminal law and I used to teach the LSAT, which is the relevant piece of information here. <laughs> uh, yes. I was about to say, cool. why are you, why are you our guest on the LSAT? But she taught already... me the LSAT actually. Really? That's no, a lie. that's, that's oh, a lie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, before we get into all that, I, Adam, did you do your, uh, reading? Practice this week? tests. Oh no, no. That well, I did LSAT practice tests. Was I? That was not the reason. Oh my God, are you kidding <laughs> Why did you do an LSAT practice test I, when you're in law school? It, you know, nostalgia. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> you know how pleasant nostalgia is? It's the opposite experience is what I had. Yeah, so you made it harder for yourself. Instead of just reading the mm-hmm. law school admissions blog, sorry, law school admissions test blog, yeah. which was the reading for today. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> I thought I'd give you a blog for the reading because it's online, I, it's easier. Well, that's, you've I, been I'm complaining pretty sure about you the should books. check the link because I, I got to the practice LSAT. Oh, okay. So <laughs> anyway, I can't really be faulted. <laughs> All right. The good thing is we have Laura here who can really tell us about the practice tests and the, the, the actual course. Well, I got a perfect teaching. score on the, pra- on the practice. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. You had an infinite amount of time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and he had someone help him. Yeah. My mom helped me. But Laura, so Laura, first of all, we do this with every guest before we get into the substance of what you're going to help us with is uh, what is uh, Can you give us a movie or a TV show that's on a law theme that's a favorite of yours or that you love? Uh, yeah. So I actually, I was uh, 
wavering between a few options because I've been knees deep in uh, Orange is the New Black lately. But mm. I think I'm actually going with um, Making a Murderer, which is on Netflix as well. Oh, yeah. It's the Stephen Avery um, wrongful conviction documentary. The disappearance of Teresa Halbach remains a mystery. Mr. Avery's blood is found inside of Teresa Halbach's vehicle. If convicted, Steve Avery will spend the rest of his life in prison. When we found a key, that key was scrubbed and his DNA was placed on it. Good luck. You are probably the most dangerous individual ever to set foot in this courtroom. The truth always comes out. Which I actually credit with deciding to write the LSAT because I was at a career transition moment and didn't know what I wanted to do, and then watched that and got so outraged that I registered for, to write the LSAT, which is a true story. That's why nice. I'm in law school, is that. So oh, that shit. worked yeah. out really well. For, so you're, yeah. in terms of today's topic, then. <laughs> yeah. you're in the Innocence Project. Yes. Now, so did you know about the Innocence Project before you came here? Um, or was that just an added benefit once you got here? No, no, I applied here specifically well, yeah. because of the Innocence Project. Oh, okay, cool. I only oh, applied cool. to two schools. And Me too. Osgood was my first choice because of... Right. I'm learning everything, something new every time. Yeah. That's really great. So, yeah. So, what? What? Tell us why you're here in terms of the LSAT. What is, you said you taught the LSAT. Yeah. So, how I does spent, one become um, a teacher of the LSAT? Uh, you are someone who's in a weird, transient spot, and you're looking for a job that's sort of flexible because you already have another job, but you need extra money to save up for law school and some time to kill. So, I um, applied to teach through. Kaplan. I don't know if I should mention a company. Yeah, that's okay. Shout out. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, this uh, this episode uh, brought to you by <laughs> not Kaplan. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I only actually taught uh, three three classes. So it was only um, a half year sort of endeavor, just as I was gearing up. And then as soon as I entered first or one L, I was like, uh, that's enough. Yeah, I was considering keeping it as a part-time job, and then I didn't want added stress. And I thought I would actually freak out students um, if I was Super like showing stressed. up with all my 1L anxiety and trying to oh. <laughs> teach them LSAT courses. It would have yeah. been a disservice. Tell them how great law school is, how easy yeah. this whole thing is. Wait, wasn't your hair black at the beginning of this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why, why is your hair yeah. gray? <laughs> None of this will help you. So do you, when you, do you uh, how well do you get to know the students in those courses? I, I should ask, how long are they? I, don't, I know very little, but maybe you should walk us through the entire um, th there's actually different sense. formats that you can pick. So some of them are more intensive and you'll have um, a couple nights a week that you do it. Others are once a week. And I think they have a longer version as well where you do um, from, yeah, over a much greater amount of time. I also did some one-on-one -on -one tutoring for students that were also in my class. So obviously you get to know those students better. Um, but it's it was all really individualized because the thing about writing a test like that is um, everyone comes in with certain aptitudes in some areas they have to work on. So a lot of it is actually coming up with an individualized study plan um, to help them, yeah, just work strategically on getting ready in time for the test. Makes sense. Right. Yeah. I, well, because I wanted to know, because I wanted to see if you have a sense of, first of all, do all these students desperately want to get into law school? Is that oh. the thing that they're, are they taking that course because it's the only thing they really want to do in life? There's definitely a mix. And I definitely had some students who were there because their parents are lawyers and they had to apply oh, yeah. and they had to write the LSAT, which... I'm sure there's people that at least you have to write the LSAT would be the... 
That's yeah. their their their, their, their the, the promise like, they even make to their not, parents yeah. is that well I'll write the Elsa. Even yeah. if it's not yeah. explicit, maybe they would be like yeah. impl- watch. Well, I, I tried the Elsa. It was just yeah. You know, I, I think, and you could see that attitude as well. Like you, there were people who I felt like I'm obviously making a lot of assumptions, yes. but I felt like they didn't actually want to go to law school, and you could sort of see it in their um, work ethic. <laughs> well, I was wondering, yeah, wouldn't yeah. they just bomb the test on purpose? It would be yeah, because yeah, yeah. I feel like the motivation to survive. It, if you're not like naturally inclined to it, which I think is a little bit of a myth. Yeah. Um, would you agree with that? I mean, I, I, I have mentioned this earlier, but um, I actually love logic puzzles. I spend a lot of time doing them in my off time. So I'm one of the really rare people who enjoyed preparing for the LSAT and actually writing it. Um, but I also know that nobody is like me yeah. <laughs> or at least a very very small proportion of people who write it and that uh yeah certainly it's not the case that it's in people's wheelhouses generally unless you actually buy the little logic problem books mm-hmm. and you sit at home doing you it do, in your yeah. spare my time. mom does that stuff yeah so you joked at the beginning that you were taught by <laughs> laura in the course so yeah but did you take a course adam or did i you did study yeah. it for in a different way okay. i use an online course that's called mm-hmm. seven sage and that I found that to be helpful, but I mainly created my own, like, when I once I broke away from that, I just need everything to be explained to me. In my learning approach, I just need to know, like, what ty- all the types of questions were, how they kind of work. And then I would just print off versions of uh, like the same type of question, like, a hundred times and just do that one over and over and over and over. Right. And that was, like, how my brain works. Um, I wasn't creative enough to, like, come up with the solutions on the spot because that's where you need kind of to make it fun. And that's normally my strength on exams is I can, you know, take away the stress and, oh, how would I answer this question for like a friend of mine instead of like for the professor? And that I feel like is a strength for my normal exam writing. LSAT, not at all. I couldn't do that. So that's, I think, where you would have had an advantage by liking the puzzles. Yeah. Because that is where you need to be able to, you know, you have, well, you actually enjoy doing it and, and yeah. you do well at it. And so, yeah, that all helps. Yeah. But, 100%. So yeah. a lot of people use pro- programs, I feel like, in some way, like a, uh, either a computer or in-person class, um, just because I think it honestly does help. <laughs> like, the difference is, if the, I don't know if there's stats on these, I'm sure they try and collect stats, but there has to be an improvement because who self-motivation only really takes you right. so far on a, on well, a I, task yeah, like that. And I think I was going to ask you that. You probably see, over the course of these programs improvement in the students otherwise there'd yeah. be no point in taking them right yeah for sure and it's like a, it's significant what, what it, yeah do you know how much they improve or it, do, you, do you get a baseline reading from them in terms of what their they original LSAT score 25 yeah. points yeah. the uh, <laughs> the the program i was teaching in you do a baseline test uh, with no practice of any kind then you do a midpoint test and then a final test just to gauge the difference and it's actually shocking sometimes like you'll have someone who tests in the 130s to start with and then they're getting a high 160 by the end which mm-hmm. is significant um and it's but it obviously is reflective of you know work and practice mostly it's practice because i think it's a pattern-based test so you get used to seeing the same kinds of questions and you can predict answers so yeah Yeah. um, even if you're very good at logical reasoning you still basically have to be putting in the practice time more than anything yep does the do you know does the company you worked with or any of the others do they do follow-ups to see whether the student's uh, achieve the same result in the official test or close to it than what they got in their final practice test with you in the course? Um, I'm actually not sure how they do that. That would be on a 
different level. I know they actually offered um, um, a guarantee of some kind where you actually got to do the course over again if you didn't perform better than when um, you started at. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're in a certain percentage better. Yeah. I can't remember what the threshold again, was. Again, I asked that because I'm, I wonder, you know, if, 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 if these courses are, they do help students out in the practice setting, mm. but part of the problem with the LSAT is the stress of the, the event itself. Yeah. Yeah. I felt it's like very that was hard different to prepare there, for. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Almost. I felt that I could not prepare mm-hmm. for the actual incident. So just to give more context on uh, the LSAT uh, experience itself, like my, I wrote twice. Uh, the second time it takes so long for the grades to come out on the first one that you're just hoping that you got the grade that you want. And if you don't, now you have to turn around and apply to write again, but you're, all, all the spots are taken. Oh, so you have, so to, you have to travel your bets. And yeah. So I had to travel to London oh. from Cambridge oh. <laughs> to write the second time because I didn't like my first score. Right. So you show up and I am, you know, nervous. It seems like the end of the world. Like if you don't do amazing on this test and, and whatnot. So I'm there the night before I get like a room in London. So I don't have to drive from Cambridge in the morning just in case I'm late or, you know, you don't know what that road's going to be like. Uh, so I'm there way too early. It's freezing cold outside. I'm standing outside this building. Is this the building I'm supposed to be at? I have no idea. I'm there for an hour. Uh, finally, it turns out because it's homecoming, they closed the building. They let us in. We wait. The invigilators are an hour late to the exam. And this is not like my story. This is like everyone's story. Yeah, yeah. The LSAT. yeah. Um, well, who wrote it that day? <laughs> well, you get these horror stories every time because the invigilators, it's very unprofessional. Oh, is that right? I would, I would argue. Well, um, considering it's a multi-million dollar business. Yeah. Well, I think it's just, you know, we're the the students are the ones that really care that everything goes on time. Everyone else is do, working their job, right? Yeah. So then you sit in a room for six hours straight and write a very strenuously, like a very uh, strictly timed exam uh, amongst like all Either type A people or very stressed people. Those are your two options of what you'll see around you. There's foot tappers. There's pencil tappers. There's everything you could imagine in this room. And there's sometimes very strict invigilators that are, you know, they, they kind of, I don't know if they like people to be stressed out. Luckily, I'm not too much impacted by that. But I be like, these are just very efficient. They're very, yeah. They're definitely not efficient. I'll tell you. No, that. no. Um, it's a different word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then after a six-hour exam, you walk out and wait three months for your exam score. So that's the like physical experience of the LSAT. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. So how do you prepare for that? Well, yeah, you're right. That that you can't teach in the in these training. Do you, but do you yeah. do you tr- kind of do you help or try to help with the, the psychology of the writing of the actual test in these courses? I think honestly, that's um, the biggest part for a lot of people. And you do talk about like the last uh, session that you teach is all about um, just um, stress management tactics. And I always my students to uh, the worst thing you can do is hang out in the hallway with everyone else immediately before writing the test because that even messed with me I had to walk down the hall and just stop listening to people like uh, hypothesizing about what's going to be on there and talking about their own legal credentials like everyone's talking about their uh, grandfather who's a judge and anyway it's uh, (laughs) intimidating and not the that's the worst part of the test or at least for me that was just the hallway beforehand um, but I, yeah, a lot of, um, for a lot of people, the stress is the major thing they're coming up against. And I even had one student who in class would consistently get scores in the one seventies and then actually sit it and get like a really disappointing score solely because of the headspace, um, 
which is why I also am not convinced it's a very good indicator because what are you testing other than people's ability to withstand the intensity of a six-hour yeah. exam? This which, artificial yeah. situation you've... I mean, law yeah. school yeah. exams are somewhat Similar. <laughs> like that, but not... Or a not different not artificial world. Well, so yeah. my, my, so I wrote the LSAT when it was... Uh, well, first of all, I have no idea what the numbers you're talking about because mine was out of 50. But oh, anyway, okay. and I only wrote it once, and I, I did, I did well, but I didn't ace it. I, I did obviously well enough to get to not have to write it again. But oh, I was so you. unprepared, and I needed somebody like you because yeah. what I didn't realize, you're right, six hours. I left home, I, and I, I was in Calgary, so I wrote it in the University of Calgary. I left home. I didn't have any money, and I didn't think I needed any money, and I, so I got. I'm very prone to low blood sugar. So after about three hours, I was not in a good space. Mm -hmm. I had no money and they only have vending machines at UFC to, to buy food and I couldn't buy any because I, I I thought about asking somebody to borrow money from, but they're yeah. all strangers. You don't know anything. And they're like, about. if he does worse so on the test. So basically, I, yeah. So I, <laughs> so I aced the first two thirds of that test and, and then the, the final fell third was just a disaster. But yeah. It, yeah. I, And no glucose. Yeah, I... Anyway, if somebody had said either bring food, bring food or bring money yeah. to buy food, because there is a break, if I, I recall. Yeah, yeah like, between each. Um, I would have, that would have been, even that useful information would have been very helpful for me. So Yeah, what yeah. do you bring? But I, is a big question six too. Hour, it's a, it is a long haul. Yeah. That's part of the, I think that is part of the problem. I, so, I think in, in, in the theme of our podcast, I have to, we have to give advice as well. Um, oh, but just for context, I should say the test is, what's the lowest you can get? On 120. The test? 120. So the test range, if you've never heard of LSAT, is like with all these numbers is 120 to 180. 120 meaning you, di you didn't even, you weren't really paying attention. No university That's a zero. Will, oh, yeah, oh, you, zero. Oh, you literally didn't do anything. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. And then 180 is like blew, uh -huh. you blew it out of the water. Percentile? That's amazing. Yeah. You, you've mastered this test. Uh, and then the range in between kind of determines, is, is half of what law schools are going to look at later on when they're looking at your... Yeah, uh, application. We, yeah. yeah, we don't need to get into. I mean, it, every law school has a slightly different cutoff. Yeah, and, but yeah. that the important thing is you're right. The to do as well as you can on that yeah. LSAT because it is important. And we could talk about you know whether it should be important. Mm -hmm. Why Canadian law schools have adopted it as a test is is a, quite a big question. I mean, we could get into that, but we maybe that that'll be a, another episode because it's a yeah, that that'll can... require research and reading. Oh. <laughs> you know what? Let's but, not do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, as, as Adam said, one of our intended audiences for this podcast are our prospective law students. And so we'd like mm -hmm. to give them some advice. Mm -hmm. We already have a little bit, but and and this is free advice, of course, because yeah, no, 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 no. Laura's under I'll set up. Uh, I'll she set can't up. talk about the, uh, yeah. No, but basic thing it's yeah. it's more about what what to expect in an LSAT exam mm -hmm. which we've already covered some of but I yeah there's probably more we can discuss on that just uh, if you want to continue you we talked about logical game there's different yeah. types why don't of, we talk about each section and we'll and we'll just we'll <laughs> yeah go, okay because there's the four sections and we can describe them as like people essentially <laughs> so there's like I'll do reading comprehension because I always liked reading comprehension. You liked reading comp. That, that was the, the one, one section. That's I That's the hated. one that everyone hates. Yeah. Right. There's two notorious ones, but one of the notorious ones is the reading comprehension, which is the long-winded section uh, that is all about you know short-term memory and ability to f interest yourself in extremely uninteresting topics. Oh, okay. Uh, and to fill your brain with. Uh, for three or four months of you studying this, or depending how long you study, with 
untrue facts that are somewhat based in reality, just so in future conversations, you'll be very confused about if you've learned this really, or if you studied for it on the LSAT and it's a made up situation. The main skill for that is being able to force yourself to be interested in uh, reading comprehension and being able to read fast while remembering things. I need wow. listening comprehension because all of that just went over my head. There you I, go. I, I assume, so let's get it from the expert. Yeah. <laughs> the, the section you hated, why'd you hate it? Um, I just found, I like the quick turnaround of the shorter questions and reading comp is not a game. Uh, incidentally, I will yeah. say, I think it's actually the most useful skill in terms of actually going <laughs> to law school, like that sort of fast reading and knowing where to look for something and Exactly. Um, I was going to say that. That's like reading a case. Yeah. 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 And so it's actually super useful and important. And uh, had I gone back to teach now after being in school, I'd be like, this is how you motivate yourself. The more time you spend practicing this, the better off you're going to be when you're in school. school, So just wait a bit more on that. Is it is it true that these you're reading a passage? It's a narrative Mm -hmm. piece of text. It could be completely false. It could be true. Well, that's for the whole test. Uh, they try and base it on some form of reality. I think they, they actually draw a lot of those passages from um, academic journals mm-hmm. or various places. Yeah. Uh, and one of the, the thing they do tell you, though, is if you have outside knowledge about that topic, those are often Erase the hardest it. passages. Yeah. And they use they used oh, art right. passages all the time. Mm-hmm. So, so for <laughs> me, like shutting off my art brain, I would be disagreeing yeah, with the author of the passage all the time. And I'd be like, that's a ridiculous statement. Oh, but um, you have to live with it. Yeah. And you just... Which is also a good... That's exactly like law school exams. Some yeah. students hate the fact patterns that we write because yeah. mm-hmm. they they can be ludicrous. They mm-hmm. can anyway. That's but you good, have to just accept those. Law, that's good advice. Uh, fact pattern. Is the ability to you know accept what is coming at you. Logic games is my favorite. So yeah, I'll, that's the I'll other notorious there. one, I believe. So can you encapsulate a typical logic game problem in, in uh, thirty seconds? Yes. A lot of them are scheduling sort of scenarios where. Professor Haig has uh, to sit, has uh, seven students and he needs them to all sit exams and it'll either take place in the morning or afternoon on each of these days. So you're always thinking through what must be true, must be false, Mm. what could be true or false. And then you're adding in another variable on each sub question and um, seeing how that impacts things. But what I love about that section is it's uh, so practice-based. Like that's where people get their biggest gains because you go into it and you're not sure how to approach it. But once you know how to do a good setup for each type of question, then it's just actually going through and applying it. I was about to ask, how do you teach that? But you've just explained that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just easier to teach than the reading comprehension. My writing improved from that section. My writing got way neater because it's so so messy that my diagrams would be a mess and I couldn't figure out what was going on. But the way to do... the Logic games is to be very clear with your writing. Like, so, my, you know, my capital letters all of a sudden are like, my A's are like, look like A's, not like yeah. three sticks oh, that are randomly <laughs> organized. Because, you know, you it almost looked like I was doing these games on like a napkin at first. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, I'll just scribble down all these things. It's not helpful. You need it to be very clear and organized, which is, I think that is the, kind of the benefit from that section. Well, I was about to say, so is there a connection between that and what you do in law school? Again, for people who are yet to go into law school, mm. Could you say, you know, what is is pulling out, teasing out arguments from a case somewhat based on the, the logic games? You can map a case mm. in a way that you were describing there. It As of, the Supreme Court of LSAT, mm. uh, I, would, I wouldn't definitively rule it out. <laughs> but I think more, more no than anything. I think you'd, be, you'd have to get into some liberal uh, interpretation of what's going on in the LSAT to really... Uh, you know, you have to pick out certain aspects of your 
legal education to really make that argument stick. Yeah. So it, okay. So let's just leave it with it's there's it's harder to see the correlation between that and law than the reading, the reading comp for sure. I was I was actually yeah disappointed with how unlike that section law <laughs> because, school is. Well, that's because it's your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I will say though is that that um, assessing things that could be true and um, recognizing mm. when something relies on something else to yes. be premise wise. Yeah. That yeah. stuff yeah. is actually very useful, and you can see in cases when something is being taken for granted. And so there is a, but it mm. is more abstract. That's an abstract yep. application yeah. of something that is helpful. But that actually leads into the other section where I think yeah. it's the same kind of logical reasoning. Called? Oh, logical, logical reasoning. reasoning. Yeah. So, well, we'll, uh, so you know what? Because I didn't realize how we were going to have so, we're going to need to spend more time on the ELSA because <laughs> uh, we just got into this and then our time is rapidly coming to a close. So I think we're going to have to ask Laura back for oh, 100%. Uh, if, if and she, then Adam can also <laughs> finally read the loss LSAT blog. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's easy. <laughs> blogs are no problem. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought. So, I read uh, blogs like all the time. So why don't we, uh, we'll take a short break. Well, until the next episode. <laughs> a week long, week yeah. long break, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, uh, Standard and, break. And right? have, hopefully have Laura back. Uh, anything you want to say to sign off or Laura to say? To end the yeah, okay, the there's a trumpeter, a pianist, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> four keyboardists. <laughs> Three people are doing a podcast and they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. One is Thank wearing you. a tie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Thank Laura. You. Thanks that for having me. That was great. Me.